Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let's get the latest from Green Bay from Mike Clemens. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. I think about two weeks ago, I'm sitting right here in this chair knowing I have a broken thumb lying to you guys. Coming back here and winning this game in, in a big way is, is meaningful. And, you know, we saw everything. We saw, you know, the way that they celebrated. We saw what they did. And uh, you saw them smoking cigars and getting all excited about beating us and winning the division. And we're able to come up here and, and, and beat them in their own place. And it feels good. Yeah, good for Jared Goff. He got to exercise a few demons, beat Seattle, a division rival. Even though if Sean McVay had his choice, he would have never been in that game because they went with John Wolford instead. Sean McVay's thumb's a little hurt, and I think McVay likes that uh, Wolford can do a little more with his legs than Jared Goff can. So that was interesting. Mike Clemens joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Good morning, Mike. Interesting competition there. Wolford, you know, out of Wake Forest, and I think he had some time with the Jets, but really this is his first you know, NFL gig just a couple years into it. Good morning. Hey, can I ask you a question? Did When you and Eric were talking about the Bucks, did you talk about this Utah Jazz SUV stolen story? No, I saw that it happened outside of St. Kate. Yeah, so this downtown hotel, Val, the, the Jazz are in town to play the Bucks. They rent an SUV, and uh, it's like the security guys. they got two laptops, a tablet, and the the van gets stolen or the SUV gets stolen by carjackers while it's running there in the valet station. They just run up, you know, in the valet pickup while they're inside about to come out and they drive away with it down Water Street. Now the thing about it is so that the two tablets, the laptop, and twenty thousand dollars in cash. Mm-hmm. So this reporter Hillary Mintz gets a hold of the Utah Jazz, like their director of security, and she goes, What do you what do you got twenty grand for in cash? Well, it's for, uh, you know, player MRIs and x-rays when we're on the road. Doesn't that sound fishy? Really? Yeah, yeah. were they going Dr. Nick on The Simpsons? <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Some guy's garage? I did, uh, you know, just admit it. It's 20 grand in cash and, you know, emergency funds, bail money, something. I don't know, but... Casino? Yeah. yeah Strip thought- club? I thought that was uh, an amazing story. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up today is I was just listening to some guy who was talking about the anniversary. Today is the Super Bowl three when Joe Namath predicts he's going to, you know, we guarantee we're going to beat the Colts. It's the first time the AFL wins. And yeah, weren't you there? 
<laughs> no, I was a little kid watching it on TV. <laughs> but um, the thing about it was, and you know, it's the Colts that got Earl Morrill because Johnny Unitas is the, the vet. He's kind of banged up, he had a bad shoulder. And and I've been studying more about this stuff too. When the the NFL Network played that game a year ago at this time, and I watched it all the way through because it's an important game. It's the first time the AFL beat the NFL, and you know it's it's what got Joe Namath into the Hall of Fame. And so while you're watching the broadcast, at one point Kurt Gowdy, who was like the NFL guy or the AFL guy on NBC, says, "And there's Vince Lombardi. There's Vince Lombardi." He has quit as the head coach of the Packers. He's a general manager. He's trying to decide what the hell to do with his life next because he wasn't happy. And there's he and Marie sitting in the third row watching the AFL beat the NFL for the first time. And Lombardi always said he was always, he felt the most pressure, not because of the Chiefs or the Raiders, the two teams he beat. It's just, I can't let the NFL down that we're going to let that league go through. Within a year, you know, he's, Coaches the Redskins, but the cancer comes on, and he passes away. And a couple weeks after that, um, it was Pete Rozelle was the commissioner then, says, you know what, we're going to rename the trophy the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and that's how that all went down. But that happened, you know, that they played that game, Super Bowl three on this date, uh, and the, t- the cost of the tickets were? Probably 15 bucks. 12 Jeez. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That, that game... Maybe it doesn't get talked in, uh, about enough. I mean, I know oh, it's, it's a great game. Well, it's 50 years ago, but there's no and like the the whole way football goes from that point on. If the AFL doesn't beat the NFL, does the merger happen later? Does it ever happen? What happens to the AFL? What happens exactly. to the NFL? You know, are the Packers still around? They're a small market team. It forces just those two so many things to sit down and work out the deal. And become you know the monster league that it is today, absolutely. And you know, just great history. It was a huge underdog upset, you know, for the Jets to pull that off. And it was guaranteed. And how and, many people have guaranteed and then fallen on their face? Since? And like you know, so it's like Doug Peterson gets fired by the Eagles after just taking the Eagles to their first Super Bowl. Now the Eagles won one against Lombardi in 1960, his second year with the Packers. They won the NFL championship a guy named Norm Van Brocklin, who was a quarterback and later a coach. But, you know, here Doug Peterson gets the Eagles their first Super Bowl win, and two years later he's out because it's either him or Carson Wentz. Well, they got Wentz under contract, so Doug is the odd man out. Don Shula, there was such pressure on the Colts. Like, how did you possibly lose the AFL that the Dolphins in the AFL offered him a job, and so he goes to the Dolphins? Within two or three years, he built that super team that goes has the perfect season, and and they win a Super Bowl that way. So, and see, these stories are great. And the thing about it is, when you study these stories and you think things are crazy in the NFL today, they've always been crazy. That's the deal. They've always been crazy. Yeah, the leagues merged. There were two different leagues, and they decided to play a championship game. And then since then, you know, the USFL has tried. Uh, the XFL has been around, but you, I mean, that was. Yeah, it's just wild, Constant man. Constant change. Thanks for bringing that up. That Constant is, change. It's wild. You got the Rams coming to town this Saturday. Uh, Packers, not as big as a favorite of the Colts were back then, but they're a touchdown favorite. Uh, the Rams are banged up. And so when you look at where can the Packers win, where can the Rams win, I think the Rams' injuries, they're just they're coming in hurt, Mike. I think that's going to be a big hindrance for their chances to big win. Big difference between Kyle Shanahan, 49ers coach, 
Sean McVay, Rams head coach, and their pal, their friend, their former colleague, Matt LaFleur is. Kyle Shanahan and Matt and Sean McVay will practically put up the x-rays and show you what's going on. And as we know, Matt LaFleur, you know, he's like NHL, upper body, you know. He won't even tell you what leg Kamal Martin hurt. But I think that's also a product of Ted Thompson and Brian Goodikins. I think that's a Packer thing. Like, what's the minimum that we need to report? And so, and LaFleur's gotten a little bit better uh, as this season has gone on. When it gets to Friday, and we think, you know, come on, the guy hasn't practiced all week. Is he really going to go on Sunday? And then he kind of lets us know, you know, a couple hours before the thing comes out, like, okay, that guy's doubtful or not going to play. But yesterday, man, McVay, you know, you're on the Zoom with him. Their left guard, Dave Edwards, has got uh, Achilles tendonitis. And we, everybody knows about Aaron Donald. They're, you know, they're tremendous, the best defensive player in the league uh, with a, a rib, and that's as far as he'll go, but they think he'll probably, he's probably going to play. Andrew Whitworth is their 39-year-old left tackle, 15 years in the league. He had 11 with the Bengals. Now he's been out there in L.A. for about uh, four years. Um, yeah, he's got something going on, he, you know, kind of a veteran rest. And then Cooper Cup, you know, not, not to mention you, you, the quarterbacks, too. I mean, Wolford went to a hospital, got back to Seattle, the Seattle Stadium in time to celebrate with his team to make sure he hadn't, you know, cracked a bone in his neck. There, it's a neck stinger versus Jared Goff with these screws in his thumb after breaking it a couple of weeks ago against the Seahawks, and you heard that clip there where it's like, you know, these guys were ticked off at the Seahawks smoking cigars in their faces when they clinched two weeks ago, and that made a little bit bullet on border period uh, material. But McVay then talking about Cooper Cup and the details on his knee injury. Cooper Cup had bursitis of his knee. Um, we're going to just monitor that day-to-day for him um, and hopefully get that swelling and inflammation down and, and, uh, and with the anticipation and the hope to, to have him ready to go. So um, that's kind of where those guys that, that ended up coming out of the game yesterday, looking forward to the opportunity to compete against the Packers this week. We know it's going to be a great challenge. They're the one seed for a reason. As far as for the quarterback, um, you know, we're going to take it a day at a time. Uh, with both of those guys, really, you know, John coming off the stinger, Jared still recovering from the thumb. Um, not going to make any statements, kind of like we had talked about yesterday, and, and we're going to just take that a day at a time as we move forward and progress closer towards uh, Saturday against the Packers. Yeah, that's different to hear from a coach because, you know, the floor's keeping things close to the vest, and then McCarthy always did the, oh, gosh, I, I haven't even seen him yet. I haven't uh, talked to the trainer yet. I haven't talked to the trainer <laughs> 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 I haven't seen him. I, I don't know. Oh, he's on my team. I don't know. You know, and then and, and to hold the press conference before practice, not after practice. So yeah, that, that was dumb. Why did that was so stupid? When you're when your Pro Bowl All Pro left tackle goes down in the middle of practice, you know, and it's carted off, you got to wait 24 hours before you get the, you know, the coach's comment to it. So, uh, and you know, and Lafleur's not going to say anything until that first injury report for the Packers comes out. At four o'clock tomorrow, we have no idea if somebody suffered any kind of a, uh, you know, a serious injury in the Bears game, you know, ten years, ten days ago. <laughs> so, um, so here's this thing that I found in, in talking to McVay and this facing off his friend, um, his former uh, quarterbacks coach with the Rams, Matt Lafleur, is that basically you know these three guys, those two three years they were together under Mike Shanahan when Shanahan was was coaching the Redskins. 
and they kind of redeveloped that Denver Broncos offense uh, from the 90s. And you hear these terms like marrying the run with the pass. It's something LaFleur has said over and over again the last two years. Nathaniel Hackett says that. The point is when the Packers come to the line, they want every play to look. You can't tell if it's run or pass. And then they run those misdirections pre-snap. And so they work very hard to say, okay, if we're going to add a, a pass to this, what can we do to make sure it still looks like it? Hey, it still could be a run. It still could be a run. Um, so that's this all comes back to Mike Shanahan. But I, what I found interesting was this: is that Kyle Shanahan, Mike's son, and Lafleur, they had worked together a year or two before this, while while McVeigh was like working his way up the Redskins, like as a tight ends coach and I think a quarterback coach before he got to be the play caller. And McVeigh talked a little bit about that history before these three guys were together. When I got with Matt and, and Kyle and Coach Shanahan in Washington, you know, they had already been together in Houston before. And so I was coming in learning. And, and I think that was really such a valuable time for me to be around those guys. And, uh, you know, there was a commitment. There was a belief in, in how you want to do things. And I think having an identity is a really important thing to establishing uh, something offensively, and, and you can really see that identity come to life when you flip the Packers tape on. And you guys have heard me talk about it, the marriage of the run in the pass, being able to move the spot with the play actions, the keepers. No, we, uh, I joke with him about running plays that we ran the previous week, the next week, and I, I'm, I'll steal from him too. So uh, we definitely give each other a good time, but there's a handful of plays that I think each of us have run over the last couple of years that uh, we've copied from one another. You know, the differences in all these offenses – like, they're all kind of the same design. Play action, a big part of it. Kyle Shanahan's got Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jared Goff with the Rams, who on some plays, like, McVay's still telling him what is happening out there. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers doing this. So it's a it's a system that's designed to put the quarterback in the best position. But then you've got the it's intangible a, hey, Bart, of Aaron Rodgers. It's a system designed for Jared Goff. When you don't have Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, most teams have... Jared Goff. But then right? to put Aaron Rodgers in that system with his intangibles, with his recognition, like the, some of the things that Rodgers sees, he was talking about the, maybe you played it with us, but he was talking about that touchdown to MVS where he saw the two Bears guys, uh, the linebackers, like they were a little confused for yeah. a second. Yeah. And he picked that up and then he processed what to do for the next 35 seconds. That's how he uses the time. Yeah. Goff's like, uh, hey, daddy, what do I do here, sir? Well, and this is also why the Packers now, uh, they're up to 80% efficiency scoring in the red zone. The red zone stats actually only go back to about 1999. That's the best efficiency in the red zone since they've been keeping that record in the National Football League. And that's because, and like I talked about, the game against the Bears, you know, the, the, the 72-yarder to MVS, spectacular, thrilling play. And as you mentioned, he sees the Bears in confusion. He says, he says to Jamal Williams, don't come back here. We haven't got time. I want to get this play off the way it is because I see an opening. And you end up getting a linebacker, Trevathan, on MVS. Boom, gone. So, But the, the play that I loved is this Robert Tunyon thing where you got Lazard in motion, you got Devontae crisscrossing this way. And the thing is, there's, there's four guys going in different directions, but Rodgers is in such rhythm with all them that if I fake the handoff here, if I look to the right, I wait a pause, and then I wait, and then I come back because I know Tunyon's going to go across the back end of the end zone, 
and he's going to go to the next phase. That's where the window's going to be because he'll outrun the safety, and the guy's wide open, and that's why they're scoring like this. And LaFleur was asked, why does he think it's because they've got that great variety of weapons between Aaron Jones, Tunyon, Devontae. Uh, why does he think that the offense is so much more efficient this year scoring in the red zone? I just think there's been a, a more consistency in, in terms of some of the concepts that we've been able to practice throughout the course of the season. Not always getting them called, but more carryover from, from game plan to game plan, but also our players' understanding of what it is we're trying to get done and then their ability to go out there and execute. I just think that you know everybody is is on the same page and there's a lot of guys that are, are playing at a high level. That certainly makes it easier because it doesn't really matter what you have drawn up. If the guys can't go out there and whether it's winning one-on-one battles or just you know doing their responsibility to the best of their ability, then it, it really doesn't matter what you call. So again, it always it's always going to come back down to your players and their ability to go out there and take whatever it is you're trying to get done and execute. We're lucky we have a lot of guys that take a lot of pride in what they do. They come to work and prepare the right way, and it's it's translating out there on the field. It's been fun to watch the offense as we talk to Mike Clemens. The defense they've gotten better too over the last few weeks, Mike. Raven Green goes down. This guy that Patton likes to play is the hybrid safety because he he's more concerned about explosive gains with deep balls than anything else, than stopping the run and, and other kinds of plays, RPOs. And then Raven Green gets, gets injured again with a shoulder, season-ending, carted off the field of Lambeau. And so, um, so he moves Adrian Amos into that spot, up in the safety spot. And he trusts Darnell Savage in his second year a little bit more to cover – the back end and Rashawn Gary passes up Preston Smith as one of your outside pass rushers and then he finally gets the help he finally trusts Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin to be fast and physical and chase down these running backs coming out of the backfield and then he takes Christian Kirksey and thinks he's a little bit better if he could just kind of move out to the outside a little bit or maybe drop back you know and cover a tight end and all that and overall, these guys are putting helmets, you know, hats on the runner. It, you know, more physical, better attitude, putting their bodies on the line. A lot of people were very impressed, even if snow or no snow, what they did to Derrick Henry and to shut that down. And Shandon Sullivan is a guy who keeps coming back. He's played the nickel. You know, he's taken over for Tremont. He's got some speed. And so we got a chance to talk to Shannon and say, why do you think the defense has improved so much just the last two or three games and how he's being graded by coach at Nickelback? Uh, I think it's a combination of everything. You know, I feel like I'm just so much smarter this year. You know, last year I felt like, you know, I played and moved around a lot. This year I kind of settled in at the nickel position. So just learning overall schemes and learning how to slow the game down mentally before I even, you know, move the muscle is probably the biggest help I've had this year from Coach Gray. So up front, we've been getting great pressure. On the back end, we've been eliminating closer plays. And anytime you can do that and slow teams down the red zone, you got a pretty good chance of winning. So Talking with Mike Clemens, you know, we still never got video of Matt LaFleur dancing from uh, two weeks ago. No, the team hasn't had – they've not released – or maybe they don't even have a, a camera guy in there, in the locker room because of Tier 1, Tier 2, blah, blah, um, of these post-game celebrations. And the players, you know, as a rule, I mean, they don't – they're not supposed to, you know, run their phones and all that. But LaFleur, before the Bears game, you know, Jamal Williams is always out there dancing at practice. 
he's dancing. Hell, he's dancing during the games on the sidelines. Jamal is always, you know, moving. And so uh, Lafleur walked up to Jamal the week before the Bears game and said, "I'll tell you what, you guys win this Bears game, I'll do a dance for you. Okay, you, I know you do all the dancing. I'll do a dance for you." So he did. Aaron Rodgers tipped us off that this had happened right after the Bears game <laughs> down in Chicago, and so uh, Jamal was asked how you know, like Dancing with the Stars, how he would grade out Matt Lafleur and his dance moves, something he calls the gritty in the locker room for the for the move that he was trying to do <laughs> it looked it looked nothing like it it looked like a whole different dance move so the move the dance move that he tried to do it was it was, yeah, it was pretty bad but i give him credit for the confidence to try it you know what i mean <laughs> and then i give him points for because it looked like a whole different move it, it honestly looked like I don't know how to explain it. It looked like he was rejecting. <laughs> if you you know when we used to jerk and reject and all that, that's what that's what he looked like, honestly. But he looked he looked good though. He was kind of athletic. What dance move was he attempting to do? Oh, you said what move he was trying to do? Yes. He was trying to do the gritty, but it, it looked nothing like the gritty. And that's the crazy part. Honestly, him <laughs> him and Adam Thielen might have the same gritty going on. No, nah, Adam Thielen got way more, way more. That's my fault for trying to disrespect my boy Thielen like that. <laughs> but Adam Thielen got a better gritty than Matt LaFleur right now, Coach LaFleur. But Coach LaFleur ain't too bad behind him, you know what I mean? They honestly, they, they need to have like a battle to see who who's gritty look, who's gritty look better. <laughs> Mike, you've been going to these games, and Saturday's going to be different because there will be – I mean, 6,000 fans isn't like the full stadium, obviously, but I was reading some quotes from Ian Eagle – who did the Bills game, and he said, yeah, they had like 6,000 people in there, but you would think it was more full because it wasn't just that there's bodies there. It's that there's just 6,000 people can create a, way more of an energy than obviously no people or 500 people. I'm excited to see you know how the Packers react and respond on Saturday. Well, yeah, and, and then part of me is like over the weekend after we got this stuff from uh, Mark Murphy, it's like after a while I just thought, Wait a minute! I, I can't believe I'm excited that they're going to sell six thousand. What has happened? How much has changed in the last year? From a place that's always packed over yeah. seventy-eight thousand, and now we're we're grateful for just six grand to get in there. But yeah, it's these people that that opted in on their season tickets, and you know it's going to be tough for them to even get the ticket. But once they get it in, and then they you know wear the face mask and the COVID checking and all that. But it's like LaFleur said, yeah, hey, man, yell your ass off. You know, come on, give us everything you can. We'll take every little ounce, we, a little bit of home field advantage that we can. And I know that the players will respond to it. It'll, it every little bit helps because, um, the, you know, the first couple times you, you go, it's just like, oh, okay, it's a game and, and we'll follow it. But after a while, I mean, I just, I miss it. The juice level is so way down, even though the parking's great covering these games. The juice level is so way down, and uh, I I miss it. I miss it terribly, and and we'll take six thousand. We'll take the six thousand. Yeah, we will be full again someday, but I think it will be cool just to have some bodies in there. Mike, appreciate your time. We will talk to you in two short days. Thanks, Bart. Mike Clemens, Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're applying for a home renovation loan and you're a bit anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.